Do I have any Christians here today? Is the question. Ah, there you are. There's my Christians. I'm a little pumped up this morning about this sermon. <clears throat> God has worked something wonderful in my life this week. And uh, He has definitely take hold. He's took hold of me and He's took hold of my studies this week. As I was sitting at my desk, I was contemplating Memorial Day. You know, I was thinking about it. In fact, I went to a couple different websites and I looked up all the wars that we've been in. And next to those wars, I looked at the casualties, the numbers that have died. And as I continued to think of this, my mind went kind of to the early church too. I went to the early church and I started thinking about all the disciples and those uh, our, our early church fathers and mothers, you know, all the way to present that have died in service to Christ. Not died in Christ, not knowing Him, but have died in service, martyred if you will. So I went back and forth thinking about these soldiers, thinking about these Christians. And it dawned on me the very thing I was trying to do, which was prepare a sermon, is what was shared with both of these. Preparedness. And that's why I titled today's message Preparedness. Both of them had to be prepared in their service, whether it's to this country or whether it was to Christ. Preparedness. But I also got sad because today's Christian, and I'm not talking about, I know there are exceptions like you and I, but today's Christian is starting to fall prey to some horrible, false teaching even within our church that claim and profess Christianity. So I want everybody, if you will, you'll notice in your bulletin, I have many scriptures listed. And if you want to turn to them, that's fine. But I know Nick and our AV team are prepared to put them on the screen for you. But if you can get to them, that's great. But right now, everybody turn to Proverbs 6. <clears throat> Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. It reads this. It says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. But wait, there's another verse too in Proverbs that talks about the ant. In Proverbs chapter 30, we got verses 24 and 25. In Proverbs 30, it says, Four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they provide their food in summer. Now you've got to wonder, what is Solomon talking about? Is he talking about just lazy people? Sluggards? Well, let me put it this way. Folks, how far have we fallen when an ant, one of the smallest creatures in God's creation, has to become a pattern for us? The ant. See, the point of comparison is the ant's activity during its appointed season. Scripture tells us to learn from the ant and be what? Wise. We've got to pay attention when we see God's Word say, wise the virtue of this wisdom is not you and i being busy but having the proper view of the anticipated needs that motivate each of us into action the proper view and motivation to the needs we will need for action words like initiative prudence action words like labor these are things that should describe a christian and if not, 
If not, God has given you an example. The ant. So if an inconsequential ant can do this, let me ask you, what excuse do you have? Our present life is a time for action. It's a time for preparation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our appointed season. So what does preparedness look like? Well, first let me go back to our soldiers and our Christians. Again, <clears throat> I had to meditate on this a while and pray because I didn't know where to go with this sermon. Memorial Day, where do you go? What hasn't been done under the sun? Amen? So I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> and I keep going, soldiers, Christians, soldiers, Christians. And I start singing the doggone song, Onward Christian Soldiers. You know the song, right? And I keep thinking, wow, Christians are soldiers. Do Christians realize the preparedness that it takes to engage in battle, just like someone in service to our country? And if you look at the times, you can go online. I'm going to teach on it next week. I'll just go ahead and plug it. Folks, if you want to hear a little bit about progressive Christianity and the damage it's doing to our church, come back next week. We're going to talk about that in James. But there are many things, whether you watch the news or online, you can see where <clears throat> preparedness, it's no big deal. Huh? I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'll see you on Sunday. Fly by the seat of my pants. Christianity is so much more. And it takes what we call preparedness. 1 Timothy 4, 8 through 16. I know this is a lot of verses, folks but we need this. We need to be fed on this. I want to talk about training, and nobody does it better than Paul when he's exhorting Timothy to the role because Timothy is a pastor, and he's exhorting him to understand truly what it takes to live a life in service to Christ. 1 Timothy 4, 8-16. through 16. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of, excuse me, is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe, command, and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, Impurity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And listen to this. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Yes, sir. Folks, godliness is valuable for all times because it has the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, I'm not knocking physical discipline. Physical discipline has value for this life. But it is spiritual discipline that has value for both this life and again for the one to come. So therefore, Paul is calling Timothy to train himself in godliness. Now this will teach him to store up treasures for the age to come rather than this temporary age. And I'm really grateful for Paul saying this because this supports what we talked about 
with the ant. It goes right along with why we should look to the pattern of the ant and consider the ant's ways. Paul is telling this Timothy the same thing Solomon is telling his audience. Most likely one of his sons. To consider the ant. Don't store for yourself treasures here for the age to come. Paul uses the words, and I love this, trustworthy and full acceptance. Right? These are emphasizing the need for all of us to respond by believing and obeying this teaching. Paul says that he, Timothy, you, me, all of us toil. We strive for a purpose. We are not focusing on something that fades away, but something that lasts. And folks, let me ask you the question. What will last? What God redeems is what will last. So when I think about this, right? I think about what God redeems. Just as Timothy is being instructed, uh, you and I should toil and strive because this is what leads to life. We're talking about eternal. Our hope is in the living God. Our hope is set on the living God, our Savior who redeems those who believe. We are what will last. Paul says, preach it. Preach it, Timothy. Preach it. Whether he was preaching to an assembly right now, just as this, or if he was preaching uh, in private interaction, he's called to always be pointing out the Word of God. Set the example, Timothy. Set the example. I want you to do it in speech, in your conduct, in your love, faith, and even in purity. Paul encourages, encourages Timothy to devote himself to this. And he goes on to say, and this is what's important, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them and keep a close watch on yourself. Persist in this. Folks, this is screaming training. This is screaming training. Not only was Timothy trained, but he was continuing in his training. This is where we should be. Folks, when a soldier is trained, they don't stop there. They continue their training. As technology advances, they come out with new tactics, depending on who they're fighting and engaging. Training is a continued thing. Christians, why do we think once we're saved that that's it? We have got to continue in our training. And Paul is telling Timothy this exact same thing. We are trained, but we must continue in this. This is part of our preparation. So just as Paul exhorts Timothy, you and I are to be at the ready. You ever heard that term? At the ready? It's a military term. It mainly means have your guns, you know, aim and fire. You need your guns at the ready. But oh, that means a whole new thing to me now, to be at the ready. 2 Timothy 4.2 says this, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Be ready in season and out of season. At the ready. What about this? 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian brothers and sisters, 
We are to continue in our training. We are to persist in this because we have got to be at the ready in and out of season. We have got to be prepared to give an answer for the hope we have. So training is essential in our preparedness. But before we go in battle, wouldn't we be fools if we went without our weaponry? Wouldn't we be fools if we went without our defense? No, we need gear. Soldiers are geared up in order to execute their training. The reason they're trained is that they can use this gear and protect themselves. Ephesians 6, 13-17. Let's talk about the armor of God. This is the gear God gives us. Ephesians 6, 13-17 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I bet we've read this text <clears throat> so many times in our life. <clears throat> Excuse me, but have you ever broken down each piece of armor that you're to put on and suit up every day? See, these pieces of armor are for the believer's protection. You need this. See, a Christian must fight spiritual enemies with spiritual weapons. 2 Corinthians 2nd Corinthians 10:4 for the weapons for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds well, let's talk about these weapons cuz i'm in i want them paul reiterates just how important it is for you and i to be suited with god's armor when he states this in this verse he says and having done all to stand firm what he means is, this is referring to you and I making all the necessary preparations so that we believers are fully armed enabling us to withstand the assault of the demonic forces at work. And believe me when I tell you, they are at work. So what is this gear? <clears throat> Let's talk about the belt of truth. It's the first one. This belt is the truth of God revealed in the Gospels. Now, without this truth, understand this, without it, we would not be able to see the schemes of the devil. Let me explain. We would be vulnerable because to identify the false, to identify the counterfeit, you have to know what the real thing looks like. If you don't know what the real thing looks like, then it's going to be easy to fool you because you don't know what's real. So, They'll present this counterfeit, this false gospel, this gospel, this false discipline, these morals. And they're not the real thing. We have to know what's real in order to know what's counterfeit. And God's truth is the real thing. This belt holds other weapons too, as well. It holds the sword, the Word of God. But with this belt, it says in Scripture, with this belt, we are to fasten, that is to gird up, meaning we are ready for action. Let me explain. In this context, we are to take the clothing that a Roman soldier will be wearing and gird it up, fastening in our belt, so now we can engage in battle. We can move around. We're ready. 
That's how we are to use the belt of truth. And isn't it interesting that the belt surrounds you completely? That's how we should be. God's word should be surrounding us in truth completely. Let's talk about the breastplate of righteousness. This breastplate is designed to protect our heart, our vital organs from the attacks of evil. This righteousness purchased by Jesus in his work on the cross is for our protection. That's where the righteousness comes from. Our righteousness is not enough. It cannot repel the attacks of the devil. It cannot do that. We need help. Therefore, Jesus gives us his righteousness. Because without it, folks, we would be in great danger. But he covers us. He covers us in his righteousness. And that is represented in this breastplate. Shoes. The gospel of peace. These shoes represent the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, this imagery signifies that when our feet are properly fitted, you and I will be equipped and prepared for spiritual warfare. Are we just standing firm in the message of the gospel of peace? You know, are we just holding our position or do we also want to advance in that? Do we want to advance in forward, forward into enemy territory? Let me explain. In a Roman soldier's shoes, if they could afford it, a lot of times they put these little metal spurs. You and I would probably call them cleats today. Our athletes wear them. These metal spurs. It helped them tread rocky ground, which there was quite a bit of. It also helped them dig in when they were grounded, when their shields, their shields were built to connect. It would help them dig in so they could be an impenetrable force. And I'm going to be honest with you, they also used them for pain. They would step on their enemies with them to inflict pain. But I kept thinking about these shoes. Let me, let me give you an example. Um, a football player. Uh, an offensive lineman. Now these are big guys. They got great weight, height, and they're super strong. These are big guys. They're a force to be reckoned with. And when they're on their line, the, the, the object is, and Lynn, correct me if I'm wrong, brother, but the object here is to protect the quarterback, to keep him safe. So this offensive line, what happens is there's an opposing force that they're striking. Now, I don't care how big this man is and how strong he is. If he's wearing socks or if he's wearing flip-flops or any other kind of shoe without any kind of gripping tread, no matter the force, he's going to slip and slide or be pushed back. And the object is for him to ground, stand, and hit that opposing force head on. See, he wants to not only protect the quarterback, he wants to drive them back and create more room so he can work his magic back there. And that's how I see these shoes of readiness. Not only do I see them grounded in us opposing that force, but I see us driving that force back so that we can enter the territory of the enemy and do our thing because we are protected with the armor of God. And that is the readiness of the gospel, because we are at the ready, aren't we, with God's word? So we go into enemy territory, and we preach. So not only do I want to stand firm in the powerful message of the gospel of peace, I also want to announce and share this good news as I advance. Let's talk about the shield of faith. Those were the shoes. Let's talk about the shield. The shield is designed to protect the whole body. Folks, a Roman soldier's shield was not some small piece of equipment. It wasn't like Captain America's little round doohickey shield. This was the size of a door. This was the size of a door. 
The term shield we know is often used throughout Scripture. We know it's often used throughout Scripture to reveal and show how God protects His people. And I love the imagery of the shield. I love that. This particular shield is where believers place their confidence and where believers place their trust in God because faith at the very foundation. It's at the very foundation of the Christian life, faith. So we absolutely need the shield. It's necessary at all times. It's necessary in all circumstances, especially in battle. Faith is our protective barrier between us and the schemes of the devil, the works in this world. The helmet of salvation. Listen to this now. This is important. As believers, we have absolute assurance of salvation. Absolute truth. But here's the problem. We cannot look at our salvation as a one-time act that happened long ago in our past. Oh yeah, I was saved 30, 40 years ago. No, you cannot look at salvation like that. Salvation, God's salvation is ongoing. It is something that we should look at daily as our protection and our deliverance from our sin nature and the works of evil in this world. This helmet protects our brains. It protects our minds. It insulates us from the traps and snares of the enemy. It guards our minds from worldly influence and allows us to instead think of things up above, the things of Christ. This helmet of salvation is a guard against the things that would otherwise interfere with our focus, interfere with our praise, interfere with our honor towards God. We need that helmet. Last but not least, the sword of the Spirit. This weapon is both for our defense and our offense. This sword is the very Word of God. Soldiers had to receive training when they received their swords. And using this weapon, they, they could have to use it so they could properly use it in battle. We, too, need to make the best of what we have. We need to maximize our training of this sword that the Spirit gives us for a Christian. In the midst of a spiritual battle, we need to know how to properly, hear that word? Properly handle the Word of God so that we can be effective not only in the defense against evil attacks, but also effective in our offense as we take down strongholds. That's why earlier we read that verse. Spiritual enemies, you have to repel and fight and attack with spiritual weapons. These are what we need to suit up with. These are what we need to be wearing daily, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I thought it's so important in our preparedness, not only to understand training, but we had to understand, understand the armor that God gives us, the gear He wants us to wear in that training as we engage in battle daily. But that's not the end of it. There's one more thing. Preparedness takes training, yes. It takes the equipment, but it takes a mindset. Oh boy, it takes a mindset. Mark 13, 32-37 says this, But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, 
when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Folks, a soldier in any of the wars that this country has seen doesn't engage in battle, doesn't enter that war thinking they want to die. All their training is to keep them from death. All the gear that they're equipped with, both for defense and offense, is to keep them alive and not to die. They don't go in wanting to die, but they go in knowing they are prepared to die. Knowing that it is a possibility. This is the mindset of a Christian. Life is complex, yes, but it is so fragile. We are but a vapor in time. Life is short. Life is fragile. So when we think about serving God, we have to realize that we, on any day, any minute of the hour, the life that we have here could end. Are we storing up treasure for the age to come? Or are we storing up treasure for here? So we have to have the mindset to know that our God can return at any moment. It's imminent. Or that we could leave this earth through other causes. It's true. Let's think about it. The Son of God can come back at any moment, so should we be ready? Absolutely. But it's not like we're watching a clock or we're watching a calendar. What are we doing? We're guarding our hearts. We're building our character. We're immersing ourselves in the things of God. We're practicing godliness so that when we, uh, so that we are prepared, so that we are prepared when our Master returns from His long journey. We're friends of God, right? I am a friend of God. I hope you are. Friends of God, listen to me. If you've been redeemed, if you've been pardoned, if you have been renewed and you've been justified, if you believe, if you have repented, and if you are living a life worthy of the Gospel of Christ, then you are ready, my friends. The preparations have been made for the Christian soldier. But if you have not prepared, my friends, then the enemy has secured you. The enemy has secured you and in your lack of preparation, in your lack of preparedness, you've actually prepared yourself for a place in hell. Oh, Pastor Mark, that's harsh. No, that's biblical. That's biblical. So let's talk about this place. By the way, it's real. It's a physical place. Make no mistake about this. This place, there's weeping. There's wailing. There's gnashing of teeth. It's a place of no escape. It's a place where there is the absolute and total absence of God. It's eternal suffering and it's torment. This is for the unprepared. So I say again, preparedness is everything to a Christian soldier. God's training, God's armor, God's mindset for us, everything is for and used by God. It's from God to us and it's used for God. So in our preparedness, we understand that He is the one who equips us. We train, we suit up, we keep watch, just like all the soldiers before us whether in service to our country or in service to our God, 
brothers and sisters, what did he say? Stay awake. So let's go back. Think of the ant. <laughs> yes, I've gone back to the ants. Think of the ant, consider the ant's ways. Be wise. This is our appointed season. We are to be at the ready in this appointed season. This is the time of activity and action. This is the time of preparation. So in our preparedness, Christian soldiers, we train in godliness. We put on God's armor and we keep watch. This is what a Christian soldier is called to do. We are to be a prepared people. So I pray today as you leave here that you think about your Christian life and the preparedness of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful to You, Father. I'm so grateful for this Word. Lord, I, I hope it reached somebody here today. I know I needed it. Father, Your Word is the sword. It's our weapon of not only defense, Lord, but offense. Your Word is what we use to attack the schemes of the devil. Your Word is what we attack in protection of ourselves. We saw Jesus do it when He was being tempted. Your Word should be at the ready in each and every one of our lives. Father God, not only Your Word, we need to remember all the pieces of armor to put on, Lord. Our training should lead us every day to suit up in each piece of armor because all of them are needed in this walk. All of them are needed. Father, we know this life is short. We know this life right now is the appointed season You've given us to be prepared as Christians because You're preparing us for something wonderful, something awesome, something the mind can't even fathom. So Father God, today I pray right now for each and every person in this building that they concentrate, Lord, on immersing themselves and training in godliness and practicing these things, Father. Suiting up Lord, putting every piece of armor that you give us for this life, you're equipping us that we put these things on, Lord, and that we keep watch for you. Lord, we know we're being prepared for something wonderful. Help us do our part, Lord, in preparing for that as well. We pray all these wonderful things in Jesus' name. Amen.